0: yo welcome to the autumn miles show autumn is a best-selling author popular speaker and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids she is also the ceo of the autumn miles ministry as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith here's autumn miles Hey guys, it's Autumn Miles here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a word that I'm really excited about. I think it's, um, it's actually a word that God gave me a couple of weeks ago. And sometimes I sit on these just to let it penetrate my own heart. In my own life, before I share it. Now, some of these things I share almost immediately. I'll have a word, and then the next week I'll share it on um, on the show. But this one, I needed I needed it to resonate with me uh, for a little bit before I shared it with you. We will get to that in just a second. Um, I want to say thank you guys so much for um, subscribing to our podcast. We just got the latest latest numbers. Uh, last week and I was absolutely blown away by the amount of growth that we've seen in the last six months. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will consistently come to you and bring you new content every week. So thank you so much. Those of you that are listening um, uh, and and you want to catch the show, but let's just say you go to the beach for vacation. I know a lot of people are renting Con, uh, not condos, RVs. If you, if you are renting an RV, um, and you need something to listen to on your road trip, download the podcast. We have so many available. I think there's, there's, I mean, there's over 300. I know for sure that we have done over the years, download them, listen to them. We just know that we love, 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 love you guys so much. Um, let's get to my content today i was having kind of a mental moment if you will um i certainly don't want to say breakdown because i don't want to be too dramatic but i also want to be real about the fact that you know this has been um just a it's it's this last whatever it is since march has been um just incredibly tough not just on a certain um, certain group of us, but all of us. I mean Corona affected absolutely everything and um, the politically charged climate that we live in right now and um, you know with the after Corona, the death of George Floyd and all of that stuff just sort of churned up a lot of emotions in all of us. And a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of sitting and letting my emotions get to you. Now, I do believe that our emotions are gifts, but I do believe that we are responsible for how we use our emotions. And I was sitting and uh, just sort of thinking about everything that's happened, and it was starting to really get to me and really bother me. And, uh, uh, you know, I have strong views about a lot of different things. and. The Lord just kind of spoke to me while I was sitting, having my quiet time. And he said to me, what are you doing here, Autumn? Now, I knew when the Lord spoke this to me, I knew he was referencing a passage of scripture that i've talked about lots and lots of times over the years um but he hit me with what what are you doing here not physically where are you but what are you doing here mentally and it immediately convicted me um, pretty strong because I knew that the Lord was referencing the scripture and I knew exactly the story he was referencing. And the spirit of God was speaking life and correction to me through his word about where my emotions had lo- allowed me to get in my mind. I immediately stopped what I was doing. I immediately turned to this passage of scripture and I think it will minister to you today. If you are sort of overwhelmed by what you see in the news, overwhelmed by what you see on social media, overwhelmed by these conspiracy theories, overwhelmed with Corona, overwhelmed with fear, um, and you have allowed yourself to get to an unhealthy place mentally. Maybe you don't struggle with um, depression in your normal life, or maybe you don't even struggle with anxiety in your normal life. And I say normal life, anything other than 2020. Um, Normally you don't struggle with um, irrational fear, but you find yourself sort of in this mental struggle right now. And you can't get a handle on it. This is who I'm talking to today. The spirit of God told me, and I wouldn't say I was there, but I would definitely say that I was struggling mentally with things I typically don't struggle with um, due to the circumstances of just the, the societal climate that we find ourselves in. What are you doing here? What are you doing here mentally? As soon as the Lord spoke that to me, I knew that he was telling me, and when the spirit of God speaks to you, he often answers many subsequent questions that you may have in one line. I knew he was telling me when he challenged my thought process. I knew he was saying, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to live in this state of perpetual worry about what the future holds you don't have to be here so because i am your god you don't have to be here so why autumn are you here i want to take you to um, my text today which um i love this i i've always loved elijah as a matter of fact my Um, oldest son's middle name is Elijah. We almost named him Eli. Um, That was almost his first name, but God had other plans. God named all four of our children. They, They weren't just random names that Eddie and I selected. God definitely spoke to us and told us to name Jude. Jude and Jude means praise in the Bible. And now I can look back and see why. Uh, god wanted him named jude because he definitely has a spirit of praise for the lord but i have such an affinity with elijah i don't know why i think he's because he was a man a, a a pretty typical normal person and yet god used him to do extraordinary things um so we named jude jude elijah miles is my um oldest son's name and as i was Listening to the Lord, this story about the great prophet Elijah was what God was referring to in First Kings 19. Now... I have spoken, I think I just did a show on um, Elijah calling down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel and fighting with the prophets of Baal and Asher. I think I just did a show on that a few weeks ago. I welcome you to go um, to listen to it, to, um, uh, you know, allow it to minister to you. But right after, and I do mean right after, the next scene that we see from Elijah, we see Elijah ca- ca- praying down fire from heaven. And God, of course, answers. And then we see him begging God um, for rain to end a three year drought. And then of course, God answers that prayer as well. He has to pray seven times, which is why you don't give up when you pray the first time, but we see him calling down fire from heaven. And then we see him calling down rain from heaven. And, um, but this is the next scene. We see this miraculous, amazing thing that all preachers have preached seven ways this Sunday. And then this next scene is a very different Elijah. It's not an Elijah that is strong and in your face and um, sort of clothed with courage. We see in the next scene of Elijah's life, uh, uh, almost a different person. Uh, First Kings 19 says this, now Ahab which is who Elijah was uh, uh, verbally sparring with about the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And he was the one who he interacted with when Elijah called down fire from heaven. Um, King Ahab told his wife Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Clearly you go in and you tell your spouse, guess what? The prophet Elijah just did to all of our prophets, fail. Clearly, Ahab is going to have a conversation with his wife, Jezebel, and it happened. He told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Elijah killed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel was mad. I didn't say that, but we just know by her by what she does she's mad then jezebel sent a messenger to elijah and she says this so may the gods do to me and even more if i do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow meaning I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you for what you have done to my societal institution that we've set up with all these prophets. I'm going to kill you. Verse three says this, and this is when we see a different emotional side of Elijah. First Kings 19 verse three, and he was afraid and he arose and ran for this life for his life, excuse me, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there in Beersheba, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And this is where his fear got him. this is why God spoke to me so clearly because he had a threat was the threat ever, did it Did it ever materialize? No, it did not. It was a threat, a threat on his life. It was a possibility. It was not, um, it was not fact. It was a possibility. It was what she wanted to do, but God was in charge of Elijah. But this threat affected him so much that he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came. You know, sometimes you have to do business with God alone. He came and he sat down under a juniper tree. He requested, listen to this. This is where he was. He's sitting down under this juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. He says this, is it enough now, oh Lord? Or he says, excuse me, I can't read today. It is enough now, oh Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I'm shocked at just the differences we see in a man who is a man just like me and you he's a human being he has all this courage he fought he kills all of these prophets of Baal with the sword he calls down fire from heaven He, he then he prays down rain from heaven and he is so bold and courageous but it wipes him out and one threat from a woman who clearly God governs, Get, get uh, w- was in charge of, even though she was an evil queen. One threat got him so fearful that he isolated himself. He sat down under a juniper tree and he was so scared and so over it and so frustrated and so agitated and so fearful and so full of anxiety. He was done he was done to the point where he said it is enough O lord take my life for i am not better than my father's and he lay down and he slept under a juniper tree and behold there was an angel touching him and he said to him arise eat sometimes we just need to rest um, you know, he wanted to die, but what he needed was rest. He was over everything, but what he needed was to rest himself from the threat. This, this is where my, um, what it's become a very normal PSA comes into play. When I say you need to rest, you need to shut off the news. You need to turn off Facebook and Twitter for the love, turn off Twitter. You need to rest your mind. You need to allow your mind to be calmed by the lack of activity that these fears can trigger. He lays down and he sleeps. And an angel touched him and said, arise, eat. And then he looked and behold, there was at his head a bread cake on hot stones, and a jar of water. So he ate, drank, and he lay down again. He was exhausted. This season has exhausted all of us. Now, are we calling down fire from heaven? Yes, maybe we are. I know I've prayed like, uh, I I mean, I, I don't even know how to pray differently. I've prayed so many different ways about what we're seeing in our society. Maybe you're right there. you sleep, you need to eat and then you need to go back to sleep because you're just plain exhausted mentally from what's happening. He ate and drank and he lay down again. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, "Arise and you need to eat again. We need you need to eat again because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, he ate and he drank. And went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. And this is a setup for what God spoke to me a couple weeks ago. And then he came there to a cave at Mount Horeb and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and God said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? The word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, in the past, I've always sort of referenced that as what, 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 why have you run from um, Jezebel? Why, why are you physically in this place? But a couple weeks ago, the Lord reminded me, He wasn't just talking to him, I don't believe, and asking him why he was out Mount Horeb. I believe he was also referencing his mental state. What are you doing here? What has got you so worked up that you want to die and you're asking me to take your life? Mentally, what are you doing here? He said, Elijah said this, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they've killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left. Sometimes evil will get us to a place where we think we are the only one that is fighting for righteousness. We are the only one that is fighting for the good in this world. We are the only one that feels like we have a dog in this fight. We are the only one that sees what's going on and says, wait a minute, some of this stuff is not right. Sometimes Satan will get us to a point where we think that we are so isolated that we are the only one and Satan works just as much uh, the same today as he did in the days of Elijah he had got him to a point where he believed Elijah believed that he was the only one that was working for righteousness and he forgot that God is a righteous God so Elijah even if there was no one else God was with him and he was going to fight for righteousness uh, through him and around him and he was going to take care of the problem i alone am left he tells the lord and they seek my life to take it away so he said god said go forth and stand on the mountain before the lord and behold the lord himself was passing by And a great strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. You see, the Lord is not normally in uh, the loud, violent shaking of things. The Lord, the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is calming. The Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. Gentle, peaceful, calming, blowing. And when Elijah heard it, He wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, again, what are you doing here, Elijah? I can't get past this one question that the Lord has just cemented in my mind. Over the past few weeks what are you doing here it's a question that if we allow it to challenge us it truly will if we have allowed the events since uh, corona since March to overwhelm us, to suppress our faith, to suppress our belief, to suppress our joy, to suppress our uh, excitement about the future. It's a question that will no doubt be confrontational if we have allowed ourselves to lose hope. It was a simple question, a peaceful question. The Lord didn't look at Elijah and say, Oh my goodness, you're so ridiculous. Did you not see what I just did at Mount Carmel? Did you not see how my power came down? Why in the world are you so fearful of what man can do to you? He didn't, the Lord didn't say any of that. He was gentle, he was kind, he was peaceful, he was <clears throat> powerful. What are you doing here? There's no need for you to be here mentally, Elijah because I am with you, I'm for you. I see what's going on, I see the threat, I see the fear, I see the frustration. I've never left you. What are you doing here? You don't need to be here. Because I have a plan for you. Elijah replied with this then he said and he repeated himself I have been very zealous for the Lord the God of hosts for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant torn down your altars killed your prophets with the sword and I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away and then the Lord said go return your way to the wilderness of Damascus and you have arri- when you have arrived you shall anoint Jezreel king over Aaron you see even in Elijah's frustration even in his fear even in his depression it would be it would look it looks as if to me he was struggling with depression itself even in all of that God saw that he confronted that He addressed it. And then he said, you know what? I want you to go. I want you to return the way of the wilderness because I still have plans for you. My question to you today is simple. What are you doing here? What are you doing with your mind? What are you doing? Same question that God asked Elijah all those centuries ago is still very relevant today. You have no reason to have no hope because Jesus Christ lives in. I love you guys. I hope this encouraged you today. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on the Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Merry Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.